Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, episode 158. I'm 168. We're back. <laughs> and we're already screwing up. He's Nick Cole. I'm single white I'm single white Medusa. <laughs> we are so glad to be back. That was a long month of, like, so much work every day. Honestly. It really was. I'm so sorry about that. It really, uh, it went longer than it should have. But I wanted Strange Company to be absolutely spot on. So I even blew the deadlines that I owed a corporation. And uh, I just kept working on it because I wanted it to be perfect. You're kind of the only one that's read it. What do you think? It is awesome. I would definitely say it is worth waiting for. Everyone's going to love it. I know I always say that. But I mean, I would say I think and know you're a great author. So great authors write great books generally. So it's great. People are going to love it. Yeah. And uh, it's so nice to, like, get back to that series because your first one was, like, it's been quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one more in the obligated contracts to Podium to finish, and that's going to be called Hearts of Darkness. We appreciate those of you who subscribe to the podcast who are willing to forego some podcasts for uh, the month so that I could get this done. You guys will all be getting a signed copy of a physical copy signed physical copy of uh, strange company Two voodoo warfare we really appreciate that um but uh i still wasn't finished by the beginning of the week and then someone's family came to town that would be mine <laughs> and they wanted to go to disneyland yes so we had to go to disneyland yeah you want to talk about disneyland that was one long day we went on tuesday of this week and like the rest of my family were major troopers they went for 16 hours basically like 8 a.m to midnight we went for eight hours in the middle of that and that still felt like 16 hours so i don't know how they did it because that was a long eight hours but it was fun but we were pretty smoked at the end of even eight hours um it's just like you know it's hot it's super crowded with the an interesting swath of people, I guess I would say. An eclectic mix, <laughs> one might say. It was, uh, it was, it was very. Um... Oh, I did want to jump in real quick and tell one of our listeners, uh, ID Prism, congratulations to you and your lovely wife on having your latest addition uh, to your family. That is just wonderful. Make more red-pilled children, um, and she is so lovely. And I hope everything is going swimmingly. And thank you for sharing that with us. And congratulations definitely yeah we had no idea that was even gonna happen so it was such a cool surprise yeah that was very cool um let's see disneyland in summation um i think i did it just perfectly because the fam got here the night before and they you know the little kids which your family calls the littles Mm -hmm. they wanted to be there when the gates open like you do when you're a kid right so i said oh Thankfully, Strange strange Company wasn't done. Mm -hmm. So I said, I got to put a few hours into the book. I will join you at at about noon or one o'clock. And uh, so I was able to get up, have a nice little workout. Um, You know, I was working on Strange Company in my head. And I uh, I was still editing. You were editing, editing, yeah. Yeah. But then I I got a workout in and then I got cleaned up. And then I was able to put a nice pair of white shorts, white shoes, nice summer weight shirt cruise over and get a starbucks drift on into the park get right on the train because the the medusa immediately got ptsd when she saw the crowds <laughs> and uh and she has she has crowd onset ptsd she just like 
And she has been pretty worked up about this since it was scheduled in last January. Yeah. Just because, like, um, I mean, I struggle with sleep a lot. And it's sort of like, am I going to get a good night's sleep the night before? If so, I could probably do it. If I can't sleep the night before, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know if I can make it through. Yeah. Walk around so long, be exhausted. But actually, I slept well the night before. It, I, it was, like, better than I thought it might be. So. so it was, um, it was, I think it was overwhelming, you know, when we kind of came into the park and I said, oh, let's, and then you saw like, they already had a parade going on, the noon parade, this, the main street was full of people, mm-hmm. um, a lot of weird gay people there, <laughs> you know, just weird, super <laughs> like, like, I think these people are probably normal in their life when they're pulling the wool over people, when they're working, you know, their jobs and stuff like that. But then Disneyland seemed to be this sort of, like, Hitler youth rally for gays. To, like, we really want you to know how gay we are. Yeah. And it was like, okay. Um, I guess that's important to you. It's not really important to the rest of us to constantly go around screaming about our identity. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm not saying, you know, like, I mean, I don't agree with the lifestyle or anything like that, but I agree with every, I don't agree with a lot of lifestyles. Um, and I support the right for everybody to do whatever they want to do, even if that stuff is wrong, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Having said that, an old man, which is what I got called on one of the rides, um, might give you a piece of advice. And the piece of advice I would give you is that kind of behavior wears thin. Uh, you know, people get a little tired of having that shit crammed in their face constantly. It gets a little boorish. It gets a little obnoxious and it makes everything about you and spoiler, not everything in this life is about you. In fact, I think this nation, if you kind of look at a lot of the crazy things that are going on, it's going to seriously need to not be about you to get this nation on its feet. And I don't know that everybody's down with that. But I think you're about to be offered the survivor reality choice of getting down with that. But going back to Disneyland, um, I think that the people were overwhelming for you at first. So I got you on the train. Yeah. Per- that was pretty pro move. That was a pro move. And, you know, so that was like nice and relaxing. And, and the train took us to New Orleans town. Mm-hmm. And that and that and that's usually crowd central because you got pirates. Haunted. You got haunted. You got the whole thing there. So... We got you in there. We got you moving. We linked up with the fam. Um, I'm pretty jaded about Galaxy's Edge being that I've actually had official interactions between Disney and my company uh, regarding Galaxy's Edge because Galaxy's Edge was first. Um, They did kind of by proxy try to roll us and try to get the name away from us, but we fought them, hired a very expensive IP lawyer. And as our AP lawyer said, you know, I didn't think you were going to win this, but it's very rare that Disney doesn't roll somebody because they're the 800-pound gorilla in the room. But they agreed to call it Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and you are Galaxy's Edge. So that was a big victory for us. So, I, you know, I wasn't too excited about it or anything like that. Um, the fam wanted to ride Rise of the Resistance. Everybody says that's a great ride, blah, blah, blah. I really enjoyed the town. I have to say, like, that was pretty cool. Like, it's it's a it's a pretty chill, cool place. I walked through it in the morning. I enjoyed it. We were circling back to avoid a parade at the in the sort of the early evening twilight. And it was really, like, it's a very, like, if you're into Star Wars, it's a very sort of, I don't want to use the word magical or whatever, but mis- mystical 
kind of it just re you, it re you can really get into the vibe which is cool for me as a science fiction writer i actually really just dug i think this this trip for me was all about aesthetics architecture atmosphere i had some time on main street you know where the fam sort of divided in two and i had to kind of keep an eye on everybody and i ended up in the little marceline hotel square which is right off main street and I got to just kind of vibe out on the architecture, which is interesting. Um, there are names on all the windows. I think they were all Walt Disney's friends. And in one of those windows, it, I took a picture of it. It says, you know, GP something, um, gun store. Yeah, I saw, I saw your And I was like, wow, I guess Disney hasn't amputated that yet. So um, I, 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 I really enjoyed actually just not going on any rides even though I did go on rides, but I actually just kind of dug getting into what, what the, the atmosphere that was, that was kind of the big thing for me. Um, rise of the resistance. I, I don't know why everybody screamed about it. It's uh, do you like going backwards? Cause that's that ride. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I, I could see where you're supposed to fill something, but it just, none of the rides felt like how great the rides used to be. They just felt kind of chintzy and weird. And then, you know, um, they, uh, the people who worked at Disneyland for a long time were legendary in their customer service. There's a very Disney answer you give to everything. And I don't know if we've told this story, but maybe we'll tell this story now about how we almost ended up... We've actually almost ended up working for Disney twice. And I did work for Disney once besides. Yeah. you. How? What was your first Disney job? Um, I was a singer in the Christmas parade one Christmas. And you enjoyed that? Very much. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then later we went to an audition. The Medusa convinced me to go to an audition. And when you go to the audition, you go into this room with like 300 people and they kind of walk along and they look at you and then they ask you a question. They say, how are you doing? And the answer you have to give is I am well, thank you. And how are you? And you'd be surprised at how most people botch that answer and everything like that. And so they'll say, go to the right or go to the left. And if you don't do well, they tell you to, I think they tell you to go to the right. Or maybe they tell you to go to the left. I don't know. And I was fully expecting to get told to go to the right, which is Loserville. Medusa always goes and she gets, you know, close on Belle or Jasmine or something like that. And, uh, but I, I, I just figured, oh, you know, they'll tell Chungo here to go to the, go to the left and that'll be it. And they look at me and they start talking among themselves. And they go, yeah, interesting. Hmm. And they go, would you go to the right? And I go, what? You know, and I answered the question. I do good. And uh, and I'm thinking, oh, they want me for like Hercules or Gaston or something like that. And they take me into this room and they're like, don't take this the wrong way. But we want you for Santa Claus. And I'm like, ah, and they're like, you're not fat. We're going to put a fat suit on you. You're not old. It's just the the color of your skin and your eyes are Santa Claus. Rosy cheeks and twinkly blue eyes. Rosy cheeks and twinkly blue eyes. You know. Yeah. So, you so I said, <laughs> you wait right here while I go get a gun and shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then funny. No, funny. They never called back after that. Like, I don't think <laughs> we need a suicide threat here. Well, if anything, that became not a very Disney answer. <laughs> that was not a very Disney answer. And then we got hired for House of the Future, which never, never really manifested itself. I mean, I'm assuming it must have for a few years. I don't know. Because we didn't go for a long time. But I... it was like a Microsoft interaction. It was like, and then, and then it went away. So it's, yeah. it, it was kind of weird, but 
Um, so we go on the ride, Rise of the Resistance ride, and everybody keeps telling you, like, oh, it's interactive. And it is cool. There, I mean, as, as a set piece, like, it is cool. Like I was saying, I was vibing out on the atmosphere of almost everything, and that's great. There's really nothing to the ride. Like I said, you go backwards and you go up once suddenly. And you have a sudden drop after that. And you have a sudden drop. That was, like, the only really good part. But it's not. But it's it's pretty cheesy. It's not a great ride. And it's also in 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 the vein of the worst movies. So the Kylo Ren stuff and the Rey stuff, it's all cheesy. It's not that good. And so you, you get captured and you, you're forced to stand on these colors and somehow this is going to mean something in the ride they keep telling you or whatever. And some, you know, like, so the guy, like the guy who captures you, you know, he's like an Imperial officer and he like gives you a hard time. So, you know, being me being me, I gave him a hard time back and he literally says to me, he goes, be quiet, old man. And I'm like, Wow. That is so not a Disney answer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I continued to mouth off more. Um, it was great for me. But I would say in general, um, it wasn't the Disneyland that I knew as a kid. You know, uh, no, go figure, old man screams at clouds. <laughs> but it just, it just, it just, I mean, Disney is just awful in a lot of ways. I mean, it's like, I remember the gift stores just being so like interesting and there were so many things and like sometimes there were some really high value dollar items and it was fun to look at those or anything like that. Now all the gift stores are really just like the same iteration of the same crap. Bubble machines seem to be the big thing. I mean, like you got drowned in bubble machines, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then the jungle cruise, we literally got the driveized girl who's going to tell jokes like this the entire time because she's educated and working at Disneyland. I'm like, oh, you ruined the Jungle Cruise. Yes, they wokeified the Jungle Cruise. They got rid of the African tribesmen because the African tribesmen are racist. That's racist? I'm not yeah. sure why. My brother's like, but there are. But, the, they, but there, there are. Africans. There are Maasai warriors. And, you know, <laughs> what? You know, but apparently that's racist. Well, let me tell you something. You're going to have a ball with Herbie Hancock's songs. What? <laughs> songs are all the most racist. Really? Like Watermelon Man. Oh, right. Cantaloupe Man. You know, like... And he's, uh, and he's black, right? Well, the guys are black. I like, know. you know. <laughs> nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> I know. It really doesn't. They're just looking for an excuse to complain. It seems. So, uh, do I recommend Disneyland? No. No, I don't. There's a lot of fat at Disneyland. There's a lot of scooters. There's a lot of fat people on scooters. Yeah. That's okay, though. No, it's not okay. (laughs) I'm not saying anything about nice or anything like that. I'm saying these weren't people that were like, I mean, they probably had some doctor who said, you're injured. You know, and then they're driving along drinking a 44 ounce sugar drink in a, in a Lark scooter. and, And I'm like, I don't know that that's serving you. Yeah, no. You know, these were not people on the road to health and recovery. Mm. These felt like, and you know what? I could be chastened. I could end up in this situation, but I've had my own health problems and you have too. And you know, like there's a commitment to try to get well and healthy. And some of these people, I didn't necessarily see that. Now I don't know everything or anything like that, but it just seemed like there were not a lot of people maxing it. I would say this. Disneyland, as expensive as it is, is for poor people. 
like it, that. It's a lot it's of expensive. It's a lot of money for poor people. Yeah. You know, but rich people or well-to-do people, I don't even think there's a middle class anymore. There is really, but they're trying to choke us out. Those people are going to go on real vacations to real places, not, oh, look, I went and saw robots talk at the haunted Tiki Hut, and I feel like I've been to Fiji, you know? And I don't, I, I wasn't, I, you know, because I was with the littles and having fun. I, I saved all these opinions for the podcast. I'm not a dark person. I don't around criticizing everything. Actually, I do. <laughs> but I don't say it out loud all the time. But it, it was an eye-opening in sort of the poisoning and diminishing of America, like, it just wasn't what Walt intended. It just wasn't being faithfully caretaken. It, it felt like a greedy corporation just fleecing people right and left and, and stupid people just showing up to be fleeced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so Disney, I, I highly don't recommend it. Did we have a nice time? Was it fun? Was it wonderful? Yeah, all those kinds of things. But people don't come to this podcast for Disney reviews, so... <laughs> Moving on. Did you notice in the Ukraine that they were winning, 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 and the Ukrainian Avengers were jumping around with missile launchers and taking out every Russian tank and towing battleships out of the seas, and Ukraine and Zelensky looks just like Hawkeye and everything like that, and then they got $40 billion, and now the U.S. is saying, oh, this isn't our focus anymore. We're out. You know, we're not going to give you the... Apparently, the statistics right now are... um, Russian artillery pieces to Ukrainian ar- art- artillery pieces 17 to 1. That's not even odds. That's not even odds in combat. That's like you need 7 to 1 is the numbers you need to take an enemy position. And even then, those are pretty optimal numbers. It's usually 5 to 1, something like that. But 17 to 1, that's not... Y- y- the Ukraine is over. It's over. And the United States has all but admitted it's over. But that was after $40 billion went over there... So that $40 billion could go somewhere? Yeah. I, Where did the $40 billion go? I, I love how they don't really have to give, like, detailed accounts to the American people. Like, you know, like, putting in an expense report, showing all your receipts, yeah. you know, everything like that. How come, like, we don't really get to know where the money goes? Everything that we need to know is always classified and secret, and then we're told later, oh... What was the thing? The uh, the Ameri- uh, the American people don't need to know this. This is oh, this like is the, too inflammatory. Uh, it was either Epstein or Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah, trial. That, that whole trial. These yeah. these would inflame the American public. Like, well, then that's why we need to know it. <laughs> you add that in Canada's comments lately on like, um, you don't own the right to defend yourself. You don't have the right to personal property, which are two things that have been said in Canada. And you see our people saying, well, you pay for everything. You pay for the intel reports. You pay for the jury trials. You pay for our salaries to do it. And then they turn around and say, oh, you can't know these things. You, This would inflame you. And it's like, but I'm the boss. I'm the one who's paying for it. And yet, I mean, like, literally, we are living in a tyrannocracy. But yeah, but I mean, literally... That's the stuff you need to know the most because that's the stuff that probably something needs to be done about and it needs to be dealt with. And that's why people need to know about it. And good. We want to know the inflammatory stuff so we can all be shocked and horrified and do something about it to change it. But they don't want you to know the inflammatory stuff. And then there's stuff that comes out like again, like, and I think we were talking about this before we went dark for there a little while, but the food shortages are insane 
and and the plants burning down is insanity and then did you hear this one in tennessee uh, a bunch of cattle died because the weather got to 100 degrees and someone pointed out like that's never happened yeah. we've had cattle at 120 130 they don't why are they all dying yeah i've been seeing a lot of weird you know large animal flocks like that suddenly either having to be put to death because they all got you know a disease all of a sudden or you know whatever it is like large flocks of animals are also dying like at unprecedented rates from various reasons and it's all too much of a coincidence all these things added together in the food supply exactly so you have all those things coming up you you have all these these uh the gun bills you have you have the our, our republicans you know absolutely saying they can reach a compromise on gun control but next week and then at the be like i think it was yesterday or two days ago a shooting in tulsa or whatever it was or alabama alabama another shooting and everything like that and it's like oh you've got to get to this level of mk ultra shootings where we'll all have to say oh i guess we really do have to surrender spoiler i'm not ever doing it I'm not ever surrendering. You will have to come to my house and die getting them. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs to say that. And really what needs to happen is we all need to take our guns and open carry. And we all need to support each other in the doing of it. Because it's a, it, it, is, it is a tyranny that, that is desperate. They're flailing. But maybe, maybe it's all part of the plan. Because when you look at stuff like the death of the supply chain... And suddenly the um, food processing plants. And someone says, oh, that's not all of the food. Well, it's enough to create a crisis. And now you have those same processing plants saying, we don't, we can't afford the gas to ship. So that that's coming at you too. Like it's, it's about numbers. to get seriously serious. Yeah, and then crazy. you go back and you look at COVID and where it really starts, where Bill Gates says... <laughs> I'm getting into vaccines. That's 2009, 2008. It's going to 2010. It's going to be the that the uh, well. It's going to be the I got to do the good Bill Gates voice. Well, it's going to be the de- the decade of vaccines, and then he smiles. And who's he involved with at that time? Who's he having lunch with? Who's whose house Epstein. is he going to? Whose island is he going? He's going to Epstein. And who is the link? Here was here was a fun thing that came out this week, and. They give you some of the story and hope you go away, but you have to dig. You have to dig a little bit. So, the oh by the way, and oh by the way is like when you have a spouse or somebody and they're they're cheating on you or they're spending your money. They'll they'll always try. They want to tell you that they're doing it. So they'll something like oh by the way, I had lunch with Ron today. It wasn't lunch. Just letting you know. They're letting you know that they're cheating on you. They're letting you know that they're spending your money. Everything like that. Oh by the way. So they said, oh, by the way, another Clinton associate died. And it's this guy. And it happened in uh, April, I think. Maybe May. I think it was May. And he both shot and hung himself. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Seriously, I'm not like... It sounds ridiculous, especially being attached to Clinton's side. Did you know there's an actual term for, for... the Clintons suiciding people. It's called Arcaside. Yeah, that's right. I just yeah. heard that like last night. And you have to like the Clintons aren't out doing that, just so you know. But if you look into the Clinton history, there was this whole Arkansas mafia that was really the mob working out of Chicago, which Hillary Clinton is from Chicago, um, and running drugs through the the sort of the Gulf of Mexico. And Arkansas was a big 
sort of you know control point along the way and that's how they got involved so the mafia that 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 it's it's still that same mafia that's doing i think a lot of these things i don't think it's like cia guys or anything like that mm. but they might have and i wouldn't put it past him now to have like actual government credentials and things like that mm. so and be cia so uh so this guy got arcasited i think his name is like brian mitchell or something like that and um You're supposed to say like, oh, oh, that's funny. You know, he he both got shot and hung himself. I'm sure there's, you know, I'm sure he was just sad and he hung himself with an extension cord and he wanted to make sure the job got done. So he shot himself first and then he fell off the chair and, and hung himself. First off, it's really hard to shoot yourself with a shotgun. Mm. Really hard. You got to be, you got to have some good toe work. What do you mean? Well, you've got to, you've got to grasp the shotgun right. with both hands and you've got to place it where you want it to go. Right. Where you want it to, to discharge and destroy your body, okay? Well, the trigger's down at the other end. Now, you could do it, because I've seen you do oh, stuff like this before. Like you'd have to have your arms way outstretched? Well, no, you'd have to, like, have the shotgun like this. Okay. Like, I'm pointing, you know, like, I'm holding this microphone to my face. Mm-hmm. Our mic isn't too good today. we got to get a new mic, so hang in there with us. Um, and then the trigger is down... Because the shotgun has a longer barrel. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, so you got to put oh. your toe in it. But here's oh. the deal: like, think about like when you you you've also got to put the toe pressure to pull that trigger. Wow. You don't just touch it. Yeah. So in anybody would know that in the pushing of your toe on that trigger, you're actually and also the human reflex to save yourself, even when you try to kill yourself. That's a thing that a lot of people don't understand. Even when you want to kill yourself you will still try to save yourself. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people blow off the top of their face and not die and things like that. So this guy had to be standing on something because he's going to hang himself. Mm -hmm. So now he has to be on one foot. He has to get his toe into that and then he has to shoot himself and then he has to hang himself. Well, so I'd be curious. I don't know if people have... No, people... Mm, Interesting that the family wanted everything blocked right because i was going to say it'd well, be that's, interesting uh, to see the the, the pictures yeah of no the family the family doesn't want you to see it is he wearing shoes because if so then that's impossible to do that one. no the family doesn't want you to see that as Catherine austin fitz points out um in these sort of arcasides or you know vince foster suicides or whatever it is the family and i think you'll find this with tiffany dover there was some weirdness with tiffany dover this week um you'll find with the tiffany dover thing that the family has been paid a substantial sum of money and if they know what's good for them and they want the money, then they need to be quiet. And so that's probably what happened with this family. They're going to get a payout. And so, of course, they're going to have all the, you know, no, we just, you know, it's too painful and everything like that. Okay. And and that's where you're like, well, that's just a crazy story. And that's as far as we want to go with that. Except there's there's a detail there that they don't talk about. And you'd think that they'd talk about it a lot this year, but they just don't talk about it. <laughs> well... Brian Mitchell, when he was a Clinton aide at the White House, was the guy who got Jeffrey Epstein in to see Bill Clinton. That's right. Oh, now, now, maybe he just felt remorse. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. After all this time, like, I mean, one thing that Catherine Austin Fitz said was like, why now? Like, the t- like what, what caused this right now? I know. You know. I, and definitely, probably not remorse because 
That was like a long time ago. He suddenly just feels remorse. I mean, that makes no sense. For some reason, they're still cleaning stuff up and the Epstein, um, Bill Gates, Bill Clinton uh, vaccine interaction still seems to be a problem for some reason. Now, um, we'll post this interview because I think this is a good interview. But Ryan Cole, the doctor who's a pathologist, did a great thing yesterday. And the realities of the vaccine are this. They're seeing cancer at a 7 to 1 and 5 to 1 rate as opposed to what they saw last year with vaccinated patients. So that interview goes into a lot of sciencey stuff, but it's very digestible. And you'll see, like, there there are problems with the vaccine, 100%. Are they cleaning up these interactions? I don't think it's a lack of coincidence that Epstein was involved with both Bill Clinton and Bill Gates. And now he's cleaned... And now they're clean and they're all eugenicists and they're all in, you know, we know that Epstein was all about this. I want to make a race of me and, you know, all these kinds of things. So it, it, it's interesting that those kind of things are still going on and still happening. Yeah, exactly. I just remembered, I don't know if you saw this. I saw it yesterday. Ghislaine Maxwell's cellmate um, came out and said she was offered pay to kill, to like to kill Ghislaine in jail. Apparently, obviously, she didn't, and she's talking, so hopefully she'll be okay <laughs> and not uh, commit suicide suddenly, but yeah. that's interesting. So that's, I'm just saying, is that another loose end that they're also maybe in the works of trying to clean up, too? Probably. She's obviously a big loose end, so. Well, I mean, I think what's happening is I think we're headed towards a crisis, uh, probably about July or August. I'm still pretty pretty hard and fast on that. And I think, and it's like, and, and people are being, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you, you have heard me say, I don't know how these people are going to have an election because they're not going to win an election. And my fear is, my concern is, is that they're not having an election, that we will be in a state of martial law at the maximum or the minimum, it won't be a fair election. But I, like I said before, I think you're a summer child if you think we're having an election. Now, why would they be doing all of these things to to reach that moment? Well, I think that I think that the vaccine is I think the injury from the vaccine is going to be a big problem. Um, if I were like you know, Catherine Austin Fitz actually said, if I were Bill Gates, I would I would be worried right now. As in, whoever cleaned up Brian Mitchell would probably clean Bill Gates too. Um, no one, you know, when you when you get to these echelons of power above all of this. No one is above getting, and these people, like people have said about Bill Gates, he's just a useful pawn. I have a tendency, I do, I, I do, I think he is, I, I think he, he, I don't think he's the mastermind of evil. I definitely think he was the funder, and I think he got used, but I think you're seeing a deeper cabal bigger than Bill Gates that's behind, behind all this. So, um, I think we're heading towards sort of the quote-unquote final solution where we move to what they really need to move to, which is the energy grid, which is what green energy is all about. It's about getting rid of independent energy, like oil or coal or or whatever, and having everybody be on an electrical grid. Well, why is that important? Well, because you can track everybody and you can also deny everybody. Hey, you didn't, you're not up to date on your vaccinations, which is going to be the next sea change in vaccinations. We're going to go from fully vaccinated to up to date on your vaccinations because that's why they always called it a vaccine passport because you weren't just going to need the one 
vaccine from the one country, quote unquote country, you're going to need all the countries that they want you to visit in the world tour of vaccines. (laughs) So that's what, you know, and so the energy grid allows them to say, hey, um, you can't have any power at your house till you're up to date on your vaccinations, which is interesting right now because I don't think a lot of people are going to crime scene number three or four right now. The statistics say that most people are not getting the next shot. I think you're right, and that's probably why they are going to p- shortly move to the other ones that they've started to talk about. Like, we're we're now soon going to have mRNA vaccines for cancer, for AIDS, for, you know, flu, for all these things. Because you're right, I think the COVID one is just dying on the vine. At, but if they start to now be able to push mRNA for all these other things, that's probably what they will move to. Yeah. Well, as Ryan Cole points out, he says the Wuhan virus is dead. It's extinct. Right. Like the original. The shot covers the Wuhan virus. It partially covers Omicron, according to their science. But Wuhan, that virus is now extinct. Yeah. It's run its course. Omicron has to be close. Mm -hmm. So they're literally, like even now, they want six-month-olds to get Moderna shots. Did you know that Moderna is O for eight trying to get products through and approved. Mm, yeah. Yet they, they, they are now emergency authorized to get a, uh, for, for a six month old to get a shot. Yeah. And they had never put out, well, I think that's what you're saying. They had never put out any product that's gone to market that these mRNA ones were their first thing as a company. I think they had been working on them maybe for a while. I but think they've they actually had, had a few failures. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Nothing has like, it's not like, well, they've done all these other vaccines right. that you guys have in your body right. and you're fine. Like, they're like a new yeah. new game in town. Yeah, they've so. literally built zero. Every car they've built has been a lemon. But we're all supposed to know. But you all have to buy their latest car. Yeah. So it's it's a wild and wacky time where you see the I, I think you you saw the money redeployment of the forty billion. What was that about? Mm-hmm. Why did forty? Why was it forty billion or thirty billion? And why did it suddenly need to disappear into the Ukraine? Which the Ukraine is not a country, and I really believe it's not a country anymore. The Ukraine is just a giant mafia, you know, con job. You know, I, I think slash it's just money laundering. Yeah, place. it's a it's a slash money laundering place. But, uh, but you know, so why did they need that $40, million, 40 billion at the beginning of summer? And now we're suddenly moving into these supply chain crises. Um, we're about to, I think everybody's starting to get a taste of the, what I'm noticing like in my Facebook feed is everybody's reporting power outages that come and go. Mm. So we're being trained that power, and, and Europe is playing this game right now of it's too hot. And we, like I think France just said, no more out, outdoor activities. It's not that hot. Mm. It's not that hot. But, you know, the little ginger people, who knows? Why would France say no outdoor activities? Don't they want people outdoors so they're not indoors using their air conditioning? Because we're moving to, well, exactly. You have common sense. You have a brain. <laughs> but we're, we're moving to the new crisis, which is weather. Weather is the new crisis. Why he is the crisis because <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a little it's a little wacky, but they're certainly up to something. And all of these things, I think, from the vaccine to the supply chain to the weather uh, to the gun control, I think it's all part of the plan. And I don't see how it can go much longer. But I feel like everybody's so worked up that if we are allowed to have an election, I feel that, you know, obviously San Francisco just threw out their DA. I think you'll see that on a large scale. And I would I would hope that there would be none of the people who are elected on this 
I think I, I would I would have to imagine that there would be some changes. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like unless this side has such solid collateral files that they can convince somebody like, you know, a DeSantis or his sort of like people that are kind of running on the America first thing or whatever that they that the, you have to do this when literally there's so much positive feedback from the country when you do these common sense things when you do these right things when you say no you know and everything like that and and so it's interesting um but i feel like we're getting close to the conclusion though i don't think i don't think it's the conclusion they think they're going to get but maybe it is. I mean, maybe they, I, 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 I do believe they want us to get uppity and, you know, start shooting and fight back. And I'm actually not opposed to that. I mean, I think the only thing these people understand is violence and a punch in the face. If you don't punch them in the face, either with a lawyer or violence, they just continue to just bully you and be obnoxious and do all this stuff and claim that they're on the right side of history and they have the moral high ground. And it's like... I think we might be returning to you actually need to be punched in the face and then you'll stop. You'll learn. The only thing they understand is fear. And we have the power as a people to make them afraid. Let's put it that way. And I think we saw, we got a taste of that in Canada because Canada freaked out and seized people's accounts when actually their masters did not want them to do that that put a lot of lack of confidence in the banking industry. So you can freak them out. And I think we're approaching a moment of where we will actually have to freak them out. We did listen to a thing today, this lady who rescues um, young girls off the streets with child trafficking, hearing some really awful, awful child trafficking stories. There is a story out of uh, Texas, out of Dallas, about this 15-year-old girl who goes to a Mavericks game. And she's with her family, and she goes to use the restroom, and on the way she passes this guy. And the guy says something to her. They have it on security camera. She walks away, and then she turns around and comes back to him, and then she goes into an executive suite with this guy. And the suite access to the suite is provided by somebody who works with or has worked with the Dallas Mavericks. And 10 days later, they find this girl on the streets of Oklahoma in a, in a extended stay, stay America, um, in a prostitution sting. 15 year old girl. She went to a basketball game with her family. She went into the suite. I'm pretty sure she got rohypnolled and she ended up a prostitute. Dallas says they won't, investigate Dallas PD says they want to investigate and then they give you this thing about oh you know she could have been a runaway and blah 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 feels Franklin cover uppy mm-hmm. I think the burden isn't on the police to say well this is our job and this is what I do if I were the police a lot of police departments right now I'd be doing a lot of customer service because you just have to be honest street cred with the police ain't ain't good right now and this, you know, because the problem is, is the police work for the scumbags. I think a lot of good police, I think that they end up having to work for scumbags like Hillary Clinton and the sort of control fascist Nazis and the Franklin cover up people. There does seem to be a pretty severe child trafficking problem. Then you get to the Stu Peters interview. Stu Peters, you can do whatever you want with him. 
um, with this lady who actually works on the streets of, I think it's Atlanta. And she had been trafficked herself, and now she runs uh, an organization. And, you know, he presses her on a certain thing that she's told them, and she finally tells it and talks about uh, girls that they've rescued, 11 years old, who've had children. And then the moment the child is born, the child is sacrificed to Satan. Yeah. By people involved in these rings. That is pretty hard to digest. But apparently, and it's not an easy interview to watch, and I'm pretty sure it's sincere. So you take the 15-year-old girl in Dallas, and you take this other story. And then you listen to the girl that we listened to a few months ago who talks about the tunnels in Washington and things like that. And you take that Pizzagate thing. And then you take that comment that Hillary Clinton made. What was it? I'm going to go in my backyard and sacrifice a chicken to Molech. Where there's smoke, there's fire. We'll be back with more podcasts next week. That's the podcast. Thanks for having us back.